0: Today's exclusive episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast, is brought to you by the HTM Podcast Network, still online, marks.com. We're also brought to you by the Hameen Media Group, hackerhameen.podbean.com. Also now available at the Podcast World Hustle, pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com. You can also now find us over at ndpw.com and at thegorillaposition.com, where they tell the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and of course, iHeartRadio. Just search Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. Hamine Media, sponsored by Vince Russo's The Brand, as well as TheBrosters.com, the official coffee of Mr. Vince Russo. We're also brought to you by Stevie Richards Fitness, and of course ProWrestlingTees.com, the only place to get the best merch from all of your favorite independent wrestlers, as well as a lot of the New Japan talent. On today's show, I'm joined by Danny Limelight, also known as United States Marine Corps Sergeant Danny Rivera. You may recognize Danny from PCW, Impact Wrestling, the Crash Lucha Libre, AAA, or Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. He's been in the ring with some of the finest in the world, including TJ Perkins, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, Puma King, and so many more. This Friday on NJPW World, he'll be taking on TJ Perkins once again as part of New Japan of America's Lionsgate Collision. But before he steps into the ring, he's just Jumping into your ear holes right here on Destino, a new Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. But first, let's get to our friends from Knife Party.
1: You blocked me on Facebook, and now you're going to die. Now you're going to die.
0: All right, so we are back with Danny Limelight Rivera. Mr. Rivera, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you?
1: Hey what's going on man Nice to be on here I appreciate you taking the time To bring me to your show And I'm super stoked to talk today
0: Yeah I'm pumped up about this man This is actually the, the first interview That I've done here on Destino I've done several other ones On my other show The Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast I've done a lot of interviews Over the years of podcasting But this one's a little different Because this all came together New Japan tweeted out a graphic Of your match coming up with TJ Perkins This Friday on New Japan World It's the second episode of Lionsgate Collision Visit NJ jpwworld.com for more information how you can watch the show new japan sends out the graphic i send you a follow on twitter next thing i know you just send me a message that simply says podcast question mark and i was like hell yeah let's do it And we were (laughs) off and running yeah man i don't
1: i don't like to waste waste time play games i get right to it
0: i like it i like it So, Mr. Rivera, before we jump into the wrestling stuff, I wanted to bring up your service, as I think that kind of lays the foundation for your mindset coming into the professional wrestling business. My understanding is you joined the Marine Corps at the age of 17, boot camp in South Carolina, before being sent over to Japan for two years, and then you're going to Australia and the Philippines and Thailand and Cambodia and Malaysia before returning stateside in 2012. First things first, thank you, sir, for your service, and secondly, do you feel that your military background prepared you, in a sense, for this crazy world of professional wrestling?
1: Well, first, I have to say you really did your homework, because I was not expecting you to know all that stuff, but yeah, um, after I got back to California, I, I, I was in the Marine Corps for another seven more years, where I went down to San Diego to be a drone instructor and made Marines, and then... At some point along the way, I transitioned into, you know, professional wrestling in 2014. And um, the Marine Corps definitely prepared me. I'm forever grateful for joining the Marine Corps, serving my country, obviously. But just, just the training and the, the discipline and the professionalism and, and everything that comes with being a Marine, you know, we're the best, the first to fight. We have the that honor, courage, commitment embedded into our brain. And I think that it just prepared me to, to, to become a professional wrestler. And obviously, professional wrestling is not an easy thing to do. Um, the training is intense. But I think that the Marine Corps' training and our, our, our training regiment and just, you know, even, even mastering the training regiment and training recruits to become Marines, all that stuff, you know, time management and, and the, the sleepless nights and the, the, the days on end, you know, being away from family and stuff like that. It just All of that combined definitely prepared me to, to, to be a professional
0: wrestler. Very cool. In the first part of the show, I I gave you a bit of an intro and documented some of your travels, whether it be championship wrestling from Hollywood, AAA, the Crash Lucha Libre, Impact Wrestling... You're roughly six years into the business now, and you've already made your rounds incredibly quickly after military service and all of those travels. Even now, only at 28 years old, I think it's safe to say that you're a rather well-traveled gentleman. One of the first questions that I ask of all the guests, when did you first discover the crazy world of professional wrestling and what made you decide I want to be an in-ring performer? Well,
1: um, for me, professional wrestling, I grew up watching it. Um, the first memory that I could think of off the top of my head was Taker and Michaels and Hell in a Cell and 97 Bad Blood.
0: Nice. And,
1: you know, I was so involved into that story that when Kane came out and ruined everything, I was so upset, I turned the TV off. My pops got mad, smacked me in the back of the head, sent me to my room, and I and that's how I knew that I was just in love with storytelling and just in love with, with the business. And um, But that's the thing. Back then, all I knew was WWF at the time and WCW. I didn't know independent wrestling. I didn't know what... New Japan Pro Wrestling was. I didn't know what any of these other, you know, AAA or any of these other wrestling companies were, let alone independent wrestling. And it wasn't until 2014 where I was walking down Target with my daughter in a shopping cart. She knocked over some Blu-rays and The Rock's DVD fell down. And it was like his top 10 greatest matches and The Rock was my favorite of all time. So I bought the DVD, I went home, I watched it with my daughter. She was like a couple months sitting in a little bopper with a bottle in her mouth. And her mother at the time comes in and was just talking about how she never... uh She'd never seen um, wrestling like that. And so I looked online to see when WWE was coming to town because I thought it would be a cool date. And they were coming the next week. And so I bought tickets. We went to the Ballet View Casino in San Diego. And I ran into a friend of mine that I knew from the Marine Corps who was surprised to see me there. He didn't know I was a wrestling fan. At the time, I was a sergeant. And so he was all serious. Hey, sergeant, da-da-da-da-da, like, you know, being professional and stuff. And he told me he was training to be a professional wrestler. And I laughed because I thought it was funny. Like, how do you train to be a professional wrestler? You know, it's like one of those childhood dreams that every boy who watches it wishes they can do but don't know how to get into it. And, um, yeah, he, he told me where to go, and I went. I showed up, and I started training. And three months after training, I made my debut.
0: That's awesome. During your, your two years over in Okinawa, did you have an opportunity to, to check out the Japanese professional wrestling scene at all? I mean, clearly, you were a busy guy, I, I, but— I, I, I,
1: I mean, still at that time, I didn't know what New Japan wrestling was. I didn't know what independent wrestling was. I didn't learn about all this stuff until I started training in 2014.
0: Crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I learned about everything. I mean, not everything, but I learned as much as I could when I started training. I turned on, you know, Raw. I hadn't watched wrestling in years before going to see it. And uh, the Raw I turned on was like right around the time that Rollins had just turned on The Shield. And so immediately I was like a huge Seth Rollins fan and, you know, just, just started watching all that stuff and, and just trying to catch up and learning more about what New Japan was, what Ring of Honor was, you know, what Impact or TNA was, what, 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 what uh, AAA was, all these, all these companies, you know, I didn't know what it was. And so I was trying to learn as much as possible.
0: That's amazing. You you were trained by SoCal Pro in August of twenty fourteen. You you debut in October that year at a SoCal Pro show. It's like a rumble style match. And then you have your debut singles match already in December of twenty fourteen. What what do you remember about those early days of training? You must have been a very quick learner already in a singles match and in main events just four months into your career.
1: Yeah, um, it- I, I, all I remember was putting in a lot of work and sweat and passion. everything I do I'm passionate about. Um, I, I've always been athletic. Uh, I've always had you know a background in, in you know parkour and, and martial arts and all these other things that I do and, and so that kind of' it's all came together learning the concept of wrestling and what it was. Um, I've always been a storyteller in my in my opinion I love to write um, for those that follow me know that I write movies and stuff like that. so just putting it all together, making it my own, um and and then having the the opportunity to main event my first i mean making my debut singles match in a main event of a show against someone like mike camden who was you know he was the rookie of the year that year in san diego and um it it was just a great way to get my feet you know like basically i I jumped into the deep end right away is what it felt like and uh it was it was a lot of people there for our for the show and and just being able to work with mike camden and, and and pretty much feel it all out and get those first max jitters out of the way. um, It was awesome, you know? And then uh, I think from there, everything just went up.
0: Yeah. By 2016, you had left SoCal Pro and you're you're working the independents out there and you get a phone call from Mr. David Marquez to come work for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which I have to admit is one of my guiltiest of all pleasures. It's a relationship that you continue to carry forward with your most recent match that I could find of yours, being from April of this year against Ice Williams. For listeners who may not be familiar with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and I, you're not the first person I've asked this to. When we had Scorpio Sky on the show the first time, I asked him, how do you explain championship wrestling from Hollywood to somebody who's never seen it?
1: First of all, I think it's one of the most underrated wrestling shows. there is.
0: Entirely agreed.
1: The, the production value is amazing. Mr. Marquez has been around the business for so many years. He knows the business. He knows talent. I mean, he, he, he I was a young green boy, and he called me in 2015 and wanted to bring me on to TV wrestling, and I had never wrestled the TV yet. And when I got to the room, and if you look at championship wrestling from Hollywood over the years, you look at all the people that have came through there. You, you said to yourself, Scorpio Sky, you know, you got Baton, you got um, Nick Aldis, Peter Avalon, AJ Styles was there, Daniel Bryan was there, you know, you, 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 all, all these, Drew Gulak, Timothy Thatcher, um, and I, I can just keep going, naming, naming guys that, that have wrestled for WWE and have wrestled for AEW, wrestled in New Japan that have came through championship wrestling from Hollywood, Cesaro, Rocky Romero, Adam Pearce, you know, like all, all these guys that are associated with that company. And, and, and there's a lot of people that, that, that talk bad about it, but I've never had a bad experience there. And just, it, it, I'm just so grateful for David Marquez. You know, I still call him Mr. Marquez because, because I respect him that much, uh, even though I've known him now, you know, five years. Because he, he, he cares about the business. He cares about putting out good work. And, and he takes care of his guys, at least in my opinion. And, and, you know, when I'm in the locker room with all these guys that are so talented, you know, so, Southern California is one of, is my in my opinion, the hottest wrestling scene in the United States. Um, and such amazing talent comes out of here. And and just being able to wrestle these guys on TV, learn, learn how to work the cameras, learn how to wrestle for TV, because wrestling on the independents you know, it's way different than wrestling on TV. And I think that, you know, being able to get a microphone in my hand, you know, Mr. Marquez and the, and the people in the back, to give me as much opportunity as I can to grab my microphone and talk my stuff. And I think all that just gives me more tools to add to my toolbox and just better prepares me for the big league. And I think that Championship Wrestling from Hollywood is the big league. But when people think big league, they think WWE, they think AEW, they think, you know, New Japan, they think Impact. But in my opinion, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood is the big league. He's not just bringing anybody to wrestle on TV. And, and and I'm forever grateful for that company, man. And Scorpio Sky is my boy, so shout out to Scorpio Sky. I, I,
0: I always find it interesting now because people are like, oh, we've returned to the studio wrestling era because of the coronavirus and whatnot. And it's like, no, the the studio wrestling era never went away. I agree.
1: You no, know, we, 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 we've been wrestling that kind of style, even though we've had some fans there, but I, I don't think it's ever went away. And I think that people are just not used to, to to the environment so they're you know they're trying to adapt but i feel like hollywood has prepared me for that from the beginning you know absolutely and also you brought up my you brought up you brought up my recent match with ice williams so i want to take a second to give a shout out to my boy ice williams because that dude is very young in the business and extremely charismatic and very talented he has a promising future so shout out to ice williams
0: Very nice. Uh, Speaking of championship wrestling from Hollywood, I have to assume, is this where you first met Rocky Romero? Was that championship wrestling from Hollywood?
1: Yes. So look at that. Go figure, right? I get pulled into a championship wrestling from Hollywood, and and in the process I meet Rocky Romero, who was a humble dude in the locker room. He was a leader. He was very, very welcoming. Um, You know, we chopped it up a little bit. We talked about some stuff, and he gave me his critique, and and we just – you know, we added each other on social media, and we just kept in touch throughout the years. And I just watched how he worked, and I watched what he did. And he was somebody who I felt like was also very underrated, but making many moves. You know, and and, and we, we he had hit me up, and he told me about the New Japan tryout this past fall. And I went out there for the tryout, and uh, because Rocky remember Rocky Romero invited me, and and I did my thing. I, I teamed with Mysterioso. We we wrestled the Regal Twin. So shout out to all three of those guys who are also very talented. And Rocky told me what he liked. He told me what I had to work on. He told me what he thought. And he said, hey, we're going to be bringing you in, so be ready. And I got that phone call, and I was ready.
0: So yeah, you, you get the audition, or not the audition, the tryout in September of 2019. Um, how did all this come about? Did, did Rocky just called you up one day, and he's like, hey, we're doing this thing down at the L.A. Dojo. I want you to come down.
1: Um, he So Rocky... Um, Rocky had told me about the tryout that was happening. Um, He just, yeah, he he himself had hit me up. And he, I mean, we've kept in touch over the years, obviously. And he told me what was going down. And he told me he was going to bring me in to try out. And I said, of course, I'll be there. You tell me when and where. I showed up and there's a lot of people there. A lot lot of talent uh, on the SoCal scene. A lot of guys that flew in for it. And and it was just, it was just a very great learning experience. We had a good workout, good sweat. um, And, 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 You know, Then when the quarantine happened, it kind of pushed some things back, but I turned the quarantine into my own little hyperbolic time chamber, and I just trained harder and worked harder, and I stood productive, and when Rocky called me and told me it was happening, I I was ready, you know?
0: So after the tryout, you go back to the independent circuit, you go back to championship wrestling from Hollywood, at least until corona hit. As as someone who's so used to being on the road for the better part of your adult life at this point whether it be your military service or as a professional wrestler my entire adult life yeah the shutdown the quarantine it, it has to be a completely different experience for you like what are you doing with your time other than being a gym rat
1: well um before the quarantine happened I was I had, I had met John Morrison. I started training with John Morrison. We went and we filmed a movie together in Florida. So shout out to John Morrison, John Hennigan, one of my, one of my good friends, great man. Love that dude. Um, and, and, and then from there, I was just catching flights. You know, I was in Rhode Island. I was in New Jersey. I was in New York. I was wrestling here, there, Mexico, all over. And then I separated my shoulder in San Diego. So I separated my shoulder in December. Um, and, and the docs told me I was going to be out like six months or I could get surgery. But, you know, for those that know me, know me, I got radioactive genes. So one month later, I was back in the wrestling ring. And I started wrestling, going back to Hollywood. And then the quarantine happened. So when the quarantine happened, at first, I was like, I wouldn't say I was stuck, but I had just started school as well. Um, and I was going for my bachelor's degree. So I was kind of like, all right, now I got to sit at home and do classes. But, I, you know, the quarantine Actually, brought out a more ambitious version of myself. I believe I started doing homework. I started working out at the park. Started swimming at the pool. Started training with you know with a bunch of guys like Jesse Ricaldi, who's a a dancer stuntman. You know Mark J P Hood, who's an actor singer. All these talented people. Miko Sad, who's a director, a producer, an actor from London and Egypt. And, and I just started like involving myself with all these creative people. Jeff Schreiner, Nick herms uh, uh, Dan Masterson, just a bunch of talented people that, that are out here grinding, and they're not even wrestlers, they're more in the film industry, and so I started writing scripts, I started writing scripts, I started working with my daughter, started getting my daughter trained, we started, you know, making movies together, short films, producing them myself, I created Limelight Productions, and and, and, and I just started surrounding myself with such talented people, man, and it's a blessing, you know, they say you're the average of who you surround yourself with, and, and I've surrounded myself with some really, really great people, and and i just been working, working and grinding. So this quarantine hasn't set me back at all. If anything, I believe it propelled me further. And when I stepped into the ring in June and I wrestled TJP for the tapings, like, I was ready. I wasn't rusty. I didn't feel rusty, at least. I didn't, I didn't feel like I had lost a step in stamina-wise. And obviously, like, it had been a few, a few months since I had gotten into the ring. But I, I, I was so, so in such good shape and I was training so hard and working and staying productive that it, it, this quarantine hasn't affected me at all.
0: You bring up the radioactive genes. I also feel the need to point out that you also enjoy cosplaying as Spider-Man. And I, one of the first things that people notice when they see you in the ring is the Spider-Man tattoo. I assume that's where the radioactive genes comes from. When did you first like fall in love with Spider-Man?
1: Uh, I got to thank my father for that, Daniel Rivera. Um, as a kid, he would always bring home the comic books for me. You know, um, I would read tons and tons of comic books. I would sit home and watch the animated series on Saturday mornings. And he just, you know, I I fell in love with that. And it was kind of like a bond that I had with my father, just the superhero stuff. And, you know, Spider-Man was always a part of my life. But it wasn't until I lost my godson in 2015. um, It wasn't until I lost my godson in 2015 that I really wanted to embrace the Spider-Man. And I started going and visiting, you know, because I like going to, co- to comic conventions and stuff like that like Comic-Con in San Diego and Anime Expo and LA Comic-Con. I was doing that already but when I lost my godson I started going to hospitals and elementary schools as Spider-Man, you know, reading to the kids, playing with the kids, visiting the kids, you know, and just using using a talent that I feel like I have because yeah, you see people dress up as Spider-Man, but I feel like I'm one of the few guys that can actually, you know, flip around, do the cool stuff you'd want to see Spider-Man doing. So I started bringing that that life into these kids that, 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 you know, that, 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 you know, special needs and sick and all that stuff. And it was just something else to, to brighten their day. And, and it made me feel whole. And then I said, why don't I just do this in the ring? You know, I'm this athletic. Why, why am I not just showcasing all that I can do, you know? And so the year the spider came about, um, I won three championships and three different promotions in Southern California I started traveling a lot more. Had my Evob tryouts. Did some EVOV seminars with Adam Cole and Roger Strong, and um, it was just awesome, man. It was just an awesome experience, you know, being able to do something I love. And I want to shout out to Samantha Packer, She makes all my gear. I can I can message her today, and I'll have brand new gear in my in my mailbox by Monday morning, you know. And she would just I'll send her a a, a picture of my favorite comic book from Spider Man, where that was you know the symbiote Spider Man, the the Future Foundation, the Spider Man 2099. Iron Spider, you know, Captain Spider, whatever Spider-Man comic I sent that, she turned my gear into that, into that suit, so that was my gear, you know, and, and now she, she still does my gear, and there's nobody else better in my opinion, so shout out to Samantha Packer.
0: Awesome. On the show this Friday night, it's 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. on the West Coast, you're going to be in the ring with TJP, TJ Perkins, but a lot of people may not know, this will not be the first time that you've been in the ring with TJP
1: it's not you know and uh man when when i started so when i started getting back into wrestling uh and and started training the cruiserweight the cruiserweight classic had just like came became a thing and um tj perkins was the inaugural winner of the cruiserweight classic and i remember watching all of his matches you know and, and just thinking to myself like like holy shit this guy is so damn good you know, somebody that, that I grew to admire, you know, watching him on television, then remembering and learning about his work from Impact and seeing his New Japan stuff and learning that he started when he was like 15 years old or younger. And he's such a humble dude, man. Like for someone who has done as much as he's done, the, the, the amount of love he's shown me over the over the last, you know, couple of years that I've known him has been astronomical and, and it's not something that he needs to do. He doesn't need to do that. And when he stepped into the ring with me last year, at Baja Star, San Diego, and I defended my cruiserweight championship against him. You know, I stepped into the ring, in my opinion, with the best cruiserweight in the world, and and I came out with the victory. And I learned so much from that match with him. So much. It was like sitting under a tree that just kept dropping golden nuggets on your head. Boom. And then after the match, just talking to him about everything and, and what he's seen, what what I need to work on, what I need to fix, how can I grow, and then keeping the friendship. Even after that, you know, and, and recommended me to like promotions like Impact and House of Glory and all these other companies that he goes to. And then, you know, getting into the ring with him. And this sad, this Friday, excuse me, everybody's going to see our second matchup. And, and I think, I, in my opinion, I think it was way better than the first one. Um, and so it, it was just an awesome experience. It's, it's going to be a fire match. Everybody needs to watch this. Um, and yeah, I think I'm one of the hottest unsigned. Cruiserweights, whatever you weight you want to call me, right now there is. And and I think that I'm going to sh- prove that to everybody when they see tomorrow.
0: Well, you know, just last week here on the show, we were talking about like the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team scene and how much they are hurting for teams. I, mean, I would absolutely love to see you do like a Super J Cup, go over and do a Best of Super Juniors tournament. Hell, maybe even you and TJP could tag up and go after those junior titles. That would be
1: sick. I'm down for whatever. Any opportunity that knocks on my door, I'm opening it. Um, I'm not saying no to nothing. And, and whoever wants it if, it, if it is a tag team thing, you know, if it's a singles thing, whatever the case may be, I'm ready for any and all opportunities. And if people that have watched me over the last few years know that if I get an opportunity, I don't, I, I don't let it go to waste.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing the match and I'm looking forward to following your career from here on, sir. Whether it be with New Japan Pro Wrestling Championship, wrestling from Hollywood, something going on with the LA Dojo, the sky is absolutely the limit. Danny Lamlight, how do people keep up with you on social media?
1: I'm not hard to find, man. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Danny Limelight. Or, you know, you can, you can email me at DannyLimelight at gmail.com. I have a Pro Wrestling Tees store. It's ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Danny Limelight. All my merchandise is up there. Um, I'm not a hard person to find, man. Just reach out, hit my DMs, hit my comments, and and let me know what's up.
0: Catch the match this Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NJPWworld.com. Danny, best of luck, sir. We'll do this again soon.
1: Thank you so much. Take care, man.
0: That'll wrap things up for this very special interview edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Very special thank you to Mr. Danny Limelight for the fantastic interview. Our next episode, I'll be joined by the man with the plan, the reporter of the people, the mean Media OG himself, Mr. Big Ray Hernandez, to talk Dominion. Looking forward to that. Thanks to all of our friends at Mean Media, the HTM Podcast Network, NDPW.com, Last Word on ProWrestling.com, as well as our friends at TheGorillaPosition.com and The PW Hustle. Thank you for listening, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to the feed. Just search Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast on your favorite podcast listening device. Hook us up with one of those five-star ratings. It really helps out in the algorithm. Find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Follow the show at DestinoPod, online at DestinoPod.com. Enjoy the finals of the New Japan Cup as well as Dominion, and we will talk to you back here next time on Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast.
1: This is so strong, this is good, it's got radio